Welcome to the YouTube Chatcast, where fans discuss what's happening in the world of U2. This is show number two and was recorded on September 4th, 2005. Tonight's participants are Sherry from at U2 and Dan from U2Source.com. On assignment at Benihana, Michael from MichaelVox.com. First up is a short discussion of the outstanding photographs fans have been taking of the Vertigo Tour. Well, I have to admit, the fan pictures have been by far better than any professional photos I've seen from this tour. Yeah. You know what it is? I, I, I think Michael said something about it, maybe even on the last show, I'm not sure, but he uh, was talking about the fact, or Matt was or somebody, that the pros only get to shoot for a couple of songs, and then they're told to leave, basically. Whereas the fans are there the whole time, plus you've got the numbers going for you. If oh, every yeah. fan shoots 36 shots or 100 shots, well, it's easy to pick out a couple of cool ones. Okay, let's see. Business from the last show. First up, what was it? Matt pointed out that U2Com did not have any tour merchandise. And, of course, two days after we recorded the show, they had tour merchandise. So Coincidence? Matt's coincidence. Or Matt's psychic or whatever. But uh, that worked out interestingly. I we still find a- it amazing, by the way, that that the merchandise that they have on sale on U2.com, Cheaper. especially the, the vintage stuff. I mean, granted, right. I wouldn't pay $90 for, for a t-shirt that looks like it's been through the wash 80 gazillion times. However, and this was pointed out by a lot of people online and people who I have spoken with, if those $90 shirts would have been from Eden, I yeah. think people would have bought them happily. They would have bought them. Heck, I might have purchased one because it would have supported the um, the clothing line. But nowhere on the tag did it say that it was an Eden product. So right. obviously, I just thought it was just an overpriced T-shirt. Um, the, well, they dropped the prices about half, didn't they? Wasn't it about they were ninety a piece, and, and now, now they're, they're 50. fifty a piece at U2.com? Yeah. So and the tour books are a little cheaper, but then you have to kick in the um, shipping prices, which brings it right back up to what you would have paid for it at the concert. But it makes you wonder, though, if they're selling the tour book now, they must be doing a new tour book for the third leg. Could be, could be. But do you think they got the message on the shirts that nobody was probably buying them for 90 bucks a pop, so they went down to the 50? Well, I think the best message is when you've got a warehouse full of shirts that didn't sell for two legs, what are you going to do with them? Exactly. The other uh, little bit of business from the last show was that we had a little bit of a conversation about Gavin Friday and his relationship with Bono, and some of us suggested that he probably didn't get paid for all of his work with U2, and I think some of us suggested he did. And Caroline on her website, u2log.com, basically said very quickly and to the point, no, Gavin does not get paid for the work that he does with U2 which I found kind of interesting. Um, We may have her on at some later date. She has said she might want to come on, but she kind of wants to be careful about what she says, too, because Gavin apparently is very, very private about the U2 relationship, and he doesn't really talk about it much. So what do you take? What's your take on that relationship? I think that they go way back, and that personal stuff should should remain personal, and and, uh, we don't really need to know the goings-on of what goes on between them they're, yeah. they're two good friends um they're they're just really good buddies so that's what it comes down you, to I think. it's it's their private life and i preferred not to get right. nosy about it 
by the same token, we, we do hope, though, to have Caroline on and give us some insight. It, it doesn't have to be insight that is nosy. It could just be, I don't know, just maybe insight into the friendship. You think that might even go too far as well? No, I mean, they are creative collaborators. I mean, thinking about um, um, the music that they've collaborated with, uh, some of the True. art pieces. I mean, the whole Peter and the Wolf collaboration, that's a that's a fascinating one, how, how that all came together. And um, I think that, that from the creative standpoint, it's, it's really interesting to see how the two of them work. Um, heading to the email bag, we got couple of emails. We didn't get any Skype uh, messages, so if anybody out there has Skype, we would encourage a couple of Skype messages here and there. But um, we talked a little bit on the last show about opening acts, and now we've seen, finally, that some of those acts have been lined up. But still, we haven't really heard much about the entire tour. But uh, GJ from Canada suggested the Scissor Sisters, which is an interesting concept because apparently their album is coming out now or soon, or so maybe that'll be a possibility. And there was talk of this of of them opening for U two at some point because Bono saw uh, their concert. I think it was right. in Chicago or some midwestern city. Exactly. Um, um, so there was a lot of buzz a few months ago about that. I think Ed so, just mentioned them too. So um, let's see what else we got in the mail. Um, this was an interesting one. Uh, T O'Neill asked, "Will there be a tour in two thousand eight, two thousand nine?" Which is a little far in advance, I think to be wondering about. Um, I did an interesting thing, though. I looked, went to UT Wanderer, and the tours have been, well, the album's tours have been roughly 93, 97, 2000, 2004. So if you look at it on that scale, then and assuming they're still together and so forth, then maybe that would be about right. I but, think uh, all bets are off yeah, after, exactly. after this tour. The way that they've extended it is very reminiscent of the Zoo TV tour. And... and after touring for almost two solid years, right? That was a uh, long, that was the longest tour they've ever had, don't you think? Yeah, and I believe that they also said that they would never want to do another tour like that again. Fast forward to today, where where they're getting ready to start up the third leg of Vertigo. There's already talk about um, um, legs four, possibly legs five and six. Um, so so just seeing that the length of time that's being uh, potentially added to this tour, I really think, and this is just my own personal opinion, right. that after this tour ends, they're going to go off, have fun with their kids while they're growing up, and 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 stay to the studio. I don't think we're going to see them out and about for uh, a good length of time. I really think that they're putting all their energy into this tour right now. Yeah. Do you? Th- you know, I'm wondering. I mean, everybody always talks about this, but I'm wondering if this might be the last big, gigantic stadiums two-year straight tour. Maybe they're just going to, in the future, do a, some short jaunts, and that'll be it, if at all. I think that they're striking while the iron's hot. I mean, right now they're they're making a potential three hundred million dollars on this right. tour. Um, um, there was a really good article in Billboard uh, about Art Fogel the mastermind behind the whole um, scheduling of the tour. And, I mean, heck, if I were making $300 million, I would keep touring if I could keep bringing in the money um, because you don't know what could happen tomorrow or or even a year from now as far as 
if you two are even going to be um, competitive. Uh, it was very interesting um, seeing how how some of the people in the music industry ranked uh, five five years from now that they wouldn't even count you two in. Right. So, and the VMAs, they weren't really a presence there either. You know, MTV. but that's not surprising. But yeah, I I I really don't see them being like the Rolling Stones going out every three years. You know, um, I really see them having family time, especially after all the things that happened earlier in the year. Yeah, um, I really true. see it as as hey, we've got kids; they're growing up. They're growing up fast. I want to be a dad, and I think that that's totally cool, and that's so very rock and roll. Yeah, and and I've privately with various lists and so forth. I've talked for a long time that I'd rather see them run two or three albums in a row. And not have these four or five year gaps between albums. I'd love to see an album every two, two years, maybe three maximum. I don't even know if that'll happen. Maybe they're just going to relax and enjoy themselves for an extended period. But anyway. They're going through a creative spurt right now. I'd love yep. to see them back in the studio. <laughs> but then again, I, I get to see them next month in Boston. So I can't wait to see them live. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd like to see more albums, less touring. But... I might be in the minority on that in the hardcore YouTube community. Okay, let's see. We had uh, an email from Natalie who asked the eternal question, <laughs> the endless question, how do you get good YouTube tickets? And I sat down and thought about it for a minute, and I came up with a quick list. And it's not probably not going to be what she really wanted, but I'm just going to r- rattle through it and tell me what you think as well. Number one, join the fan club. I know that will be controversial in the YouTube community, but I really do think it paid off, especially on the second go-round of tickets last time. Number two, become part of the YouTube community. I think that's the best long-term solution to getting tickets. Start to know people. Join the mailing list like Wire. Visit the Yahoo group section and find the YouTube lists that are there. I think when you start knowing people, that's when you're really going to get tickets when you need them. Uh, Get to know Ticketmaster. Watch for uh, ticket releases near the show dates. Also, speaking of that, don't be afraid to buy good tickets to a town you don't even live in because you can pretty readily trade them, especially if they're GAs. Um, And, of course, trade GAs at face value. And uh, U2Tours.com has forums for ticket trading. And then I think, finally, a last resort, but I actually found it to be a really good one a while back, was ETS Tours, the official tour agency for U2. For example, for the last date of the tour, you can get GAs for 159.95, which is, you know, three times face value, but I would rather do that before I go to say eBay and pay a scalper. Sure, what do you think? Isn't 159.95 considered scalping? Does that only include the ticket? That's the ticket and the party. So uh, technically the value added and party the bus, and the bus to the venue. Let's be realistic, though. The person that's going to buy that probably wants a ticket. Now, I think the band probably gets a larger cut than the normal GA value, so I'm looking at it this way personally. I could go to eBay, pay a scalper, maybe the same 159 or I can do it through ETS in a somewhat official approved way. And well, so that's I look just at it, it though, do that. because ETS will probably have a real ticket. Right. After all the problems with um, with the Ticketmaster tickets on right. the first the PDF leg, ones, yeah, not being real. 
Legit. Um, yeah, that was a big problem in Boston. As a matter of fact, the FBI has has been doing some some investigating on that because that's that's a federal offense. Um, but my my other thoughts on this on this topic on how to get good tickets, if you've got um, the patience and and faith like a saint, the day of the show. Right. What will normally happen is any kind of tickets that are held by by management for any reason, either um, um, some some roadies family uh, uh, was going to come to the show, then they're suddenly not coming to the show. Um, um, any kind of management guest or family member or radio station, you name it, whatever tickets that management um, folks are holding on to, if they're not being taken, they'd rather get the money for those tickets. So a few hours before the show, they will release them. Uh, the second thing about waiting until the day of the show, the band themselves hold on to a huge chunk of tickets in order to make sure that the fans are not buying them from the scalpers, but they're buying them from the box office. You cannot get these through Ticketmaster.com or through the Ticketmaster phone number. You can only get them at the box office at the arena or the stadium that day. Now, what would you define as huge? Are you huge, talking about maybe, maybe... Um, 200 to 300 GAs for the last show in Boston um, back in May, on May 28th? There was a line of at least 300 people outside of the Fleet Center, now known as the TD Garden, or the, rather the <laughs> TD Bank North Garden. They're finally bringing back the garden, at least. But um, um, there were at least 300 people outside, and they waited until after um, um, Kings of Leon finished their set before they sold those tickets to the fans waiting outside. Um, I mean, scalpers were asking outrageous amounts of money, and scalpers, oh my goodness, this this just drives me crazy, when scalpers will pay people to stand in line to get the ticket, to turn around, to give to the scalper, for the scalper to sell. So, right. so they try to do this as close to showtime as possible to make it more difficult for people to turn around, resell, because you're going to miss part of the show. So, so that. That's why a lot of people were frustrated about there not being enough GAs for the shows available through Ticketmaster. The band hold on to a good chunk of them for the night of the show. They've been doing this for years. It's a tough risk to run if that's going to be the only show in your town. I agree with you. I, you know, I think it's a, a good way to go at the last minute. But you have to have some, you, like you said, you have to have the pace, patience of a saint to really do that because... Well, and it's also how you define a good ticket. There are people who just don't want to be in general admission for one reason or the right. other. Um, do I think that the $165 tickets are good? No. I think that the best tickets are, are, the, are the ones, they, personally, they are the ones that are on the sides to behind the stage. Those are the ones that are sold between the the lowest ticket value, which in some cities is forty nine, others it's fifty four, somewhere around there, and the ninety five dollar, depending on how clear of a view of, of the stage you have. Now granted, with the stage as it was for the first leg with those beaded curtains, there are times when you have obstructed view. But the whole point of it is is being closer to the stage. I really think that the one sixty five tickets, they're nothing but a rip. Yeah. But but um, but there are enough people who are willing to pay it, 
I mean, they've got a sold-out tour, so who who am I to say? Um, but but it's interesting because the hardcore fans seem to think that the best ticket is GA, and that's not necessarily the case. Well, I think I think 